Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The means rule of two. That's right. This is the Star Wars podcast for all you Star Wars nerds like me. You know I love Star Wars. I've named all my social media accounts after it. I've named my Wi-Fi network after Star Wars. My 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 phone. My 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 everything. Everything everything you see about me is a Star Wars Easter egg in one way or another. Even the bios. It's all canon. It's all canon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm joined, I guess as always, because I'm not doing a good job of booking guests. Although, I think we're going to have some big guests at some point this season. This is a filler episode, so I'm a filler guest. Filler guest for a filler episode. I love it already. I didn't think it was a filler episode, Maze. I enjoyed it. Disagreement right off the top. I was stoked for episode one. I was happy to be back. And then episode two, I was kind of like, all right. You got you to gotta appreciate tempo and pacing right it can't all be explosions <laughs> just maze more explosions <laughs> it can't all be a michael bay uh production sometimes you gotta go for the subtle nuances and hints and flavors it's like drinking wine you swirl it around and you sniff it for hints of oak perhaps some earthy undertones 
And that's what this episode was, Maze. Quick synopsis. Mando gets hijacked or, or carjacked by some Tatooine ruffians. Uh, they try to hold the kid hostage. He gives something in return, gives him a jetpack. Guy flies up. Obviously, Mando controls the jetpack, gets the jetpack back. And most Eisley, he is given a lead on to where there might be more Mandalorians. However, the condition is that he take a passenger, a mysterious passenger, and in return, they will show him where the other Mandalorians are. He begrudgingly agrees while on the trip. He can't go into hyperspace because the passenger is pregnant, I guess, right? Or she laid eggs. And- Got eggs. Those eggs can't travel at light speed or they'll explode or something. I don't know. Uh, they'll die. They'll die in light speed. So eggs in a backpack. Got to go. He, while he's flying, uh, he gets basically pulled over by two X-Wings uh, who then uh, read the tags and discover that he is wanted for a skirmish that happened in season one. He tries to pull the, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> it is amazing. We'll, we'll get into the details, but it is one. I, I, I just love the whole uh, back and forth of that scene. And so then uh, he go, gives chase and gets shot down and he crashes on this mysterious frozen planet. And then there are spiders and then, the X-Wing pilots come and save the day later. Uh, so that's the general synopsis. You know that already. You've watched it. Otherwise, why are you listening to this podcast? Having said that, Maze, are you ready for some Easter eggs? You can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. So it's Easter egg time. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Do these eggs. Let's crack these eggs. <laughs> I'm ready for some frog eggs. I'm hungry like Baby Yoda. Feed me! How long did it take you to realize he was going to eat them eggs? You know, Baby Yoda, he's nasty, dude. He's a like, nasty. He's, he's got a nasty eating habit. I don't like it. They're all like that, though. Oh, well, I mean, all. The ones that we've seen. <laughs> the only one we've <laughs> seen is Yoda. Two. Well, I know, and then there's a third one we've seen, but we just haven't seen her. Right, we eat. never saw her eat. We never saw her yeah. in the cafeteria. Yaddy, yeah, Yaddy, Yaddy's eating habits were not uh, made known to us. Yoda's eating habits, however, very gross. Basically, anything he can get his little paws on, he will eat. And he's a gross dude overall. <laughs> like eating aside, right? Luke is kind of disgusted by Yoda when he first meets him. I guess that's quote unquote part of the lesson. That I feel like more more likely that's just. No, Yoda's gross. Yeah, and you know, we might have thought that it was because he's just super old. No. But apparently, <laughs> it's just in their nature to be nasty boys. That's how they do, man. That's how they roll. So the moment his eyes went wide when he saw the eggs, I was watching with a friend, and my friend thought, oh, he's going to use the force to help the eggs. He's like, hell no. He's about to eat them eggs. I see the look in his face. And like like a child, you can't tell him no once. You have to tell him no Eight billion times, <laughs> or he keeps pushing the, the 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 standards and pushing the limits. But I promise Easter eggs. I shall give you Easter eggs. All right, we start with the people who jacked Mando and destroyed his speeder. One of the assailants 
who looks kind of like a Jawa, but is not a Jawa. That person is actually a Tito, which is the same species as Scrapjaw Motito, who is in The Force Awakens on Jakku. So it is a little a little funny that a species native to Jakku would be on Tatooine, but again, Tatooine is pretty much a desolate planet filled with all the low-life scum of the universe, right? That's why they go there. By the way, before I go on, I just want to give a shout-out to a conversation I had in my DMs this morning with Derek Bremner, at Dell underscore photos on Instagram. He says, this is the only, possibly the only thing bugging me about Mandalorian. Freezing Han and Carbonite was a test and not the norm, whereas Mando is just freezing people left and right and center with a small setup rather than some giant machine. Right. We haven't really gotten back into that. I was kind of just like we saw that at one point. And, yeah, I mean, is that just the technology progressing? Is that like a computer in the palm of your hand now? That's exactly how I explained it. I said freezing Han occurs in the year 3 ABY after the Battle of Yavin. Whereas Mandalorian takes place around 7 or 8 ABY. It's entirely possible that an experimental procedure turns into a mainstream method within the bounty hunter community, especially considering that Han was on display for over a year at Jabba's Palace, a place that would have seen a lot of bounty hunter traffic. So that was like the Apple Expo. Yeah, I was like, CES? Is that the, the electronics convention they do in Vegas? Yeah, in Vegas. My buddy Derek says, true, but that's a stretch. I said, how is that a stretch? Within five years, a bunch of bounty hunters are copycatting. This is, you know, uh, he says, I don't think there's any hint that Mando knows much about Jedi or any of the stuff that's happened on Tatooine. I said, he's, he doesn't. He's oblivious to a lot of shit, as would many people. But bounty hunters wouldn't know that shit. They just hear from bounty hunters, yo, I heard Jabba has some dude frozen on display at his palace. Nobody's going to sit around and ask for, well, actually, it was meant for this dude named Skywalker who was a Jedi and just... That's this mystical thing. But also, he happened to be the son of Darth Vader who was trying to kidnap him and turn him over to the Emperor. Like, they would cut you off right at Skywalker. It'd be like, shut the fuck up. Just tell me how I can do that. And so it's not a stretch that bounty hunters would have arrived, seen that shit, asked for that shit, and had that shit basically got enough demand. And now we have portable within five years. Like you said, a computer in my, the palm of my hand in a portable carbon freeze facility in the Razor Crest ship. Because Han was the first human life form yes. to ever be frozen in carbonite. It was previously used for mining operations or something, whatever they did on Cloud City. It's Yeah, it's whatever they were mining. They, were, they would throw that into carbon freeze to, to keep it fresh, I guess, or whatever. And Lando says, Lord Vader, that you, you put him in that thing, you're going to kill him. And Vader says, I don't want the Emperor's prized uh, possession to be damaged. We shall test it. And Captain Solo, which is one of my all-time favorite quotes. Actually, that's my favorite scene in all of Star Wars is, is we should test, we test it on Captain Solo, which is basically just like the – and then Boba Fett comes up and says, he's no good to me dead. He's worth a lot to me. And, and Vader says, if he dies – the Empire shall compensate you for your loss. Yeah, we'll break you off, Boba. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. No, so, uh, but again, within, I guess, basically five or six years, here, here we have it. It's out here. So similarly, if you're like me and you say, wait a second, why would a species from Jakku be on Tatooine? Tatooine's kind of like a, like it's a melting pot place, you know, where all the shitballs go. And his partner 
was a Nikto, known for their scaly skin and symmetrical horns, spikes on their faces. And Niktos were the guards that Mando and IG-11 killed when they originally found the child. That's right. Yes, in that first episode. That's a good point. All right. So Mando has to walk through the desert. Well, I don't know why he didn't just use his jetpack, but all right. <laughs> it's more dramatic. It's more Western style. Yes, it is more Western that he had to walk, and he walks to where? Most Isley. And where does he go? The cantina in Most Isley. The very same cantina where Luke and Obi-Wan meet and hire Han Solo and Chewbacca. And so he finds Pelimoto, who's played by Amy Sedaris, and she's playing Sabacc in the same booth where the, the, the all-time great cinematic question, who shot first, happened, right? Maze, uh, are you one of these people who accepts George Lucas's revisionist history? No, that's yeah. trash, dude. <laughs> Han shot first. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, man. Like, man. He's, he's not a good guy when we meet him. When we meet him, he's not a good guy. It takes a long, it takes damn near two, two and a half movies for him. Royal to, pussy will change a man. Hey, man. I'm, I'm, one can only imagine. So, Pelimoto's playing Sabak against this Dr. Mandible, which I, I believe was a little too on the money of a name for a massive insect. So, there's a couple things on this. There was a mantis in the original cantina scene lurking in the background. So we have seen an insect like this before in the cantina. And also, this episode was directed by Peyton Reed, the director of the Ant-Man movies. So it's funny that he comes to the Mandalorian universe and directs another ant. There you go. I wonder if he requested it. (laughs) Shout out to Sabak, by the way. It's in his contract. Yeah, I must have ants somewhere in there. Sabak, as as you said, is famous game. Sabak is not the game that Chewbacca plays against C-3PO on Millennium Falcon, as many people mistakenly think. So back is the card game that actually allows Han to win the Millennium Falcon for Lando Calrissian. We saw it, uh, I guess, in the movie Solo, and we've also seen it in Star Wars Rebels. And if you read books, it's in a lot of the books. So shout out to Sabak. Also in the background of the cantina, you've got a giant furry guy, white furry guy talking to a chick. Uh, that guy is a Jagoran. You might have seen him, or seen his species, I should say, in Rogue One. He's one of uh, Saw Guerrera's um, terrorists. I don't know. What do we call Saw's people? Partisans? Good question. Revolutionaries? I mean, freedom fighters? Guerrillas? Guerrillas, yeah. Guerrilla. As I believe it's supposed to be pronounced. Shout out to that guy. The passenger, the person who does the voice for the passenger. You know who it is? I saw this in the trivia, but I didn't really recognize it. D. Bradley Baker. Okay, if you've ever watched the TV show American Dad, mm. D. Bradley Baker plays Klaus. D. Bradley Baker also, I believe, is the voice of SpongeBob, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's a lot going on as a <laughs> it's voice actor catalog here. He's an amazing voice actor. He got an incredible range in Star Wars uh, animation, Clone Wars, and uh, and Star Wars Rebels. He plays the voice of basically any clone, whether it's Captain Rex, Cody. This dude is working, man. I think he's in the video games too. Oh yeah, he plays the clones also. 
in the video game. I'm so. only I'm scrolling nonstop down his IMDb. I'm only in a 2018. <laughs> this dude is everywhere. It do works, man. It do works. So shout out to him, and shout out to his magical voice. So, and and he's the voice of the frog lady, the frog lady who, by the way, speaks a language that we don't know, and that Mando in the infamous multilingual Mando does not know. Yeah, he proposes that they speak Huttese. Yeah. As a midway point, but it is unsuccessful. So we get to the X-Wings. The lady doesn't speak Huttese. Mando tries. He said, no. He's like, I'm going to take a nap. Takes a nap. Wakes up. Finds the child eating the eggs. (laughs) Eating the eggs. He's like, oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. A very (laughs) George Costanza kind of reaction caught with the egg in its little hands and then mando's like no and then it pops in its mouth of course don't you do that don't you eat that no 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 mando gets pulled over by a couple of x-wings i right, say so your transponder is not emitting says yeah i'm pre-empire surplus i'm not required to run a beacon but the x-wing guys so you know the sector is under new republic jurisdiction all craft required to get run a beacon mando says thanks I'll get right on it. <laughs> and the X-Wing says, no problem, say travels. And Mando says, may the force be with you. Yeah, he's adapting fast to this, uh, this thing he never heard of last season. But here's the thing. I don't think they know. Like, goodbye, you know what go- goodbye is? Goodbye is like a contraction of God be with ye. But there are a lot of people who don't know what the fuck that is. So it, it is entirely possible to, I guess, be ignorant of an entire religion and use this term and not even know what it means. Oh, so you think it's more of a colloquialism that he was familiar with? Okay. Yeah, people are just saying that shit now. I thought he was, like, trying out his new toy. You know, like, oh, now that I know Uh -uh. (laughs) what the Force is. That's just how people talk. Um, Because remember, Pelimoto says that to him, too. Right. So, like, it's just, I think it's just language at this point. And it's become secular, and people don't even think twice about it. It means good luck, basically, not not you know not anything specific like oh hey, the midichlorians all conspire in your favor or whatever. By the way, one of the X-wing pilots. Did you recognize who the other pilot was? The one who didn't do much of the talking. I did recognize Dave Filoni as Trapper Wolf. Yes, who returned? He previously appeared in Chapter Six, The Prisoner, and that's what he talks about. Later on, there's a lot of references to that episode. And yes. Filoni, of course, is the co-creator and kind of the the core genius, I would say, of the of the lore. Yes. And a man who's obsessed with wolves. Mm, that's right, because the Freddie Prince Jr. story. Yes, and that's why there were wolves in Star Wars Rebels, because he just had to have wolves somewhere in there. So um, the other X-Wing pilot says, just one more thing. I'm going to need you to send the ping. We're out here sweeping for Imperial holdouts. Mando very very cunningly says, I'll let you know if I see any. (laughs) X-Wing says, I'm going to need you to send us that ping. Mando, well, I'm not sure I have that hardware online. X-Wing, we can wait. (laughs) Mando does the... You ever do the thing where you're on the phone and you kind of pretend like, oh, let me find it. You're not actually looking for anything. Hey, uh, let me grab a pen real quick. No, I'm not going to write this down at all. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be working. (laughs) 
X-Wing says, that's too bad. If we can't confirm you're not Imperial, we're going to have to you're going to have to follow us to the outpost of the Delphi. They'll run your tabs. And Miranda says, oh, that's right. It, there it oh, is. there it is right here. Oh. And then the frog lady's making noise and tells her to shut the fuck up. And at that point, that's when Filoni says to the other X-Wing pilot, Carson, can you switch over to Channel 2? Yeah, that's not what you want to hear. And there's nothing, and they're just flying. And then all of a sudden, you see them going to attack formation where the wings open up. And I was like, oh, <laughs> now this is about to be some badass shit right here. They ask him whether he was near the correctional transport boat in five, and he books it. And Filoni says, we got a runner. And then we have ourselves a good old-fashioned Star Wars uh, dogfight, or at least a chase scene through a canyon. I Every hair in my body stood up, man, when I saw that. When I saw, like, just like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And then the next thing you see is, because you know, like, fuck, this shit is about to go down. I'll give it to you. This was... Definitely a very good scene, and just the the idea of basically getting pulled over by space cops. <laughs> like, I think everybody can relate to this scenario. I think they did it really well. I just, I love the, the all the bullshitting within that. We crash, and then the the passenger like reprogrammed zero the droid to basically translate it. I thought that was just that was a cheap kind of throwback. You didn't need that. Yeah, I mean, it's Richard Iode, and that know, character was also from Chapter 6, so. Yeah, like, I just, I, we didn't need it, I didn't think. These spiders, these spiders maze were actually an original Ralph McQuarrie design for The Empire Strikes Back, but they didn't make the actual final cut of the script. Mm. Mandalorian is known for doing this. They will borrow things that were supposed to be in Star Wars but for whatever reason, did not make it, you know, and they will canonize uh, things. Obviously, Ralph McQuarrie is the guy that did a lot of the original designs for all Star Wars creatures and, and castles and buildings and ships and all that stuff. Uh, the man was a visionary. Yeah, the ice spiders were known as Krikna, and they are also referred to as crawlers in Rebels, and they attack a base on Atalon in the season two episode, The Mystery of Chopper Base. So they also appeared in the animated series. Gotta go back and watch that. I don't remember. Uh, I do have one more. This planet, this ice planet, which at first I thought was the planet Illum from the game uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, which is an amazing video game. If you love Star Wars, play it for the story alone. And all of it is canon. It turns out, no, not only is this not Illum, but it is a planet that has appeared before in Star Wars. Maze, unless you've looked it up already, do you know which planet it was? No, I do not. I mean, I'm guessing it's not Hoth. No, it's not Hoth. It is Maldo Crace. And Maldo Crace is the planet that we saw in the very first scene of the very first episode of The Mandalorian. When he goes and he oh, yeah. apprehends Horatio Sands out of the bar. And then Brian Posehn gets eaten by the yes. <laughs> this monster. Brian Posehn right, 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 driving the speeder. That was Maldo Crace. That was the planet. And so this is, uh, this is exactly uh, where all that shit went down. So that was a pretty cool Easter egg. Because I was watching, I was like, I think this is a loom. Because I'm thinking about kyber crystals and, you know, in the game, you go there and that's where 
the Jedi used to take their Padawan to go find their Kyber crystal. Kyber crystal is what you make your lightsaber out of. So um, nonetheless, a callback and an Easter egg worthy of uh, mention right there. The episode obviously ends with the X-Wing guys saving the day and then acknowledging that they knew who he was when they ran his tabs, but then they also know that, you know, he acted valorously or whatever, and so they're just going to let him slide on this one. Even though he asked them, hey, can you help me fix my ship? And they basically told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> just kind of shitty. I don't know. I mean, they saved his life. Yeah, I mean, like, you can help him fix his ship, man. Like, what you, what else you got to do? They got other dipshits to pull over in space. Yeah. Yeah, it's harassed. They got mother law-abiding <laughs> citizens harassed. Sublight travelers. I, I understand your kind of trepid, you know, like it was kind of like, it was, was it a pointless episode? I don't know. It wasn't pointless, but I would have preferred if in one episode we had gotten the frog lady to the destination and, you know, picked up the next piece of like, if there are potential Mandalorians, blah, blah, blah. It's like once they crashed and she's in the hot tub and then there's ice spiders, I'm like, okay, it's another creature. Like we're doing a lot of creatures yeah, in this show. But uh, counterpoint for me, one of my few complaints about season one of Mandalorian was it felt a little bit at times like Xena warrior princess. Yeah. Like each episode is its own little adventure. Own right? adventure, And it's all neatly tied up by the end. And so I like the idea of, yeah, I still haven't delivered this lady. I still don't know where the Mandalorians are. That there's still more. There's a thread that will carry from episode to episode. Uh, so I, I do, I do enjoy that, and that's why I'm okay with unresolved issues. I'm okay with slower pacing, with the idea that this is going to come up again, and not going to come up again later because it was convenient for, you know, so and so to shoot. You know, like Timothy Oliphant shot all his shit in like one day, <laughs> and he'll make a real appearance again in episode seven or whatever or you know but I, i'd rather it be like this right like where it's continuous i am interested to know if i mean i'm guessing based on the previews for the the season trailer this is going to be the coven of mandalorians right yeah we have to find them eventually like yeah we've already had one red herring with Cobb vance yes and we know that he finds them because then they tell him you got to take it back to its people and he says, you want me to return this thing to a race of enemy sorcerers sworn against us? I, I just love the idea. You just of like got some, that, like, underlined, like, pinned up on your bolted board. It's, like. my fa- it's the <laughs> coolest fucking line ever because I love the idea of there's a lot of people who don't know what the fuck happened. And the Empire is here, and then Empire fell, and, and shit went to hell. And, like, and, that's, and they're all trying to survive, right? And this idea that every single citizen in the galaxy would be up to date on the politics of the day is kind of ridiculous. So I really appreciate the idea of them just being in the dark about a lot of shit. And so this idea of like, whoa, whoa, because it's like people think like the Jedi, but like the Jedi have been gone for a long fucking time. I don't give a shit what Luke Skywalker did, right? The, the Jedi have been gone since 19 BBY, 19 years before the Battle of Yavin. So if you think about Luke Skywalker and all that shit, basically before he was born is the last time these motherfuckers were around. So you're talking at that point 25 years later, right? Roughly. No one's going to remember that shit. They killed everybody. They killed all of them. 
there's like a handful of them hiding in places, afraid to even use the force, because the Empire has inquisitors that basically go around looking for force-sensitive people to either turn to the dark side or destroy. You know, the idea that, oh, how is he going to, or how does he not know? Like, yeah, man, like this shit is just, well, because we're just trying to survive out here. I love it. Let me ask you, I mean, do we think that Yiddy is a clone or a real baby of Yodin descent? I think it's a real baby. I don't think it's a clone. Okay. Because I kind of think it's a clone. But like a clone of who? A clone of Yoda. When would Yoda have been cloned? Well, there was some Kaminoan signs on the doctor that originally looked at him, like an, a Kaminoan like emblem. Oh. And I remember that as an Easter egg from the first season. So I yeah. think it is possible that like whoever, I, th- I can't remember if Werner Herzog was the first person to have Baby Yoda, but that possibly baby Yoda was created and how they got Yoda's DNA. That's a question for another day, but yeah, because here's the thing we know from the age of baby Yoda, he is approximately the same age of Anakin Skywalker. Right. So that would mean Yoda would have had to been cloned before Anakin was born. And Yoda, we know did not know about the existence of the 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 Kaminoan cloning operation until at least the second movie until Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you clone Yoda without him knowing. Then again, the motherfucker sat across from Darth Sidious, right? And Palpatine asked him, "What do you think, Yoda?" And he says, "I don't know. The dark side's making it so hard. He's sitting right across from you. <laughs> this motherfucker's such a bum, man." Yeah, you don't think somebody could have snuck up on him and, like, plucked one of his gray hairs out of the back of his head? <laughs> you probably sent him some, some work up there. Either way, Yiddy's origin is fascinating. You know, how Yoda's reproduce, if he was cloned, all of it's interesting, and I'm sure they'll tease that along for a while. Yeah. Ultimately, that's that's where it goes, right? And also, the other thing is, even within the concept of you got to go return him to the Jedi— since three years after Return of the Jedi, like, has Luke even started the school? Who's in the school at, at this point? Where are these Force-sensitive children? How did he find them? I mean, there's not that many Jedi, Jedi, Jedi except yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we say, is this where Ahsoka Tano comes in? Right. Oh, and she's been cast. Has she? I'm pretty sure it's Rosario Dawson. It is, I know, but I don't know. It's never been confirmed. Mm, it's so just, just a rumor, rumor. And conjecture. rumor and conjecture. Rumor and conjecture. So we'll see, I guess. We will see. Uh, the one thing, as I always say about this, uh, this TV show, I wish they would give us like a little sneak peek of what's next because I hate not knowing. I want to know. I think they got you. I mean, I, th- I think that they're playing it right if, they- <laughs> if you want it so bad. Yeah. Keep that yeah. Disney Plus subscription locked in. Absolutely. Well, Maze, that's going to do it for me. As always, rule of two means when somebody's got to die, the master's a disciple. I'm the master, so I ain't dying. And you come back to life, so fuck it, we're going to kill you again. The Walking Dead. You're like Darth Maul. You can come back and be like, hold a grudge or something. Yeah, just cut me in half and kick me down a bottomless pit, and I'll be back in an animated form next week with spider legs. Spider legs.